at the whole area of being set apart. We've been looking at the Beatitudes. You remember that our uh, key verse that we've been uh, using as our study, as it were, a link to all our studies over the last number of weeks has been in Deuteronomy chapter 14, verse 2. And there it is on the screen for you. You have been set apart. Wow. So not only physically set apart because of the uh, virus and everything that's happening with that, but praise God, we are spiritually set apart. We are different. Amen. We are set apart as holy to the Lord your God, and He has chosen you from all the nations of the earth to be His own special treasure. I love those words. We are special treasures. Amen. You are a special treasure. And no matter what uh, the situation is in our country, in our world, we are special to God. We are treasured by God. And He loves us very, very much. Amen. So you are a special treasure. We looked at the designer labels and some of the things that, of course, should designate us as special. We are special treasures. And one of the main areas that we've been considering over the last few weeks has been the Beatitudes. And as remember, Matthew chapter 5, verses 1 to 12, we have listed a number of things that Jesus gives as guidelines, attitudes, be attitudes, quite simple, to understand that they are the attitudes, the actions, the life pattern that we should be showing as Christians. And uh, in Matthew 5, these are the words. Let's read it. Well, now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him and he began to teach them. He said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. This is the one we're looking at this morning. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. And so this morning in verse 9, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Amen. Before we dive into this particular verse, it's quite interesting to see what happens when the Beatitudes are not taking place in our world. And you've only got to look at our world today and see where we are falling in this whole area of having the attitude that Jesus taught and shared in the Sermon on the Mount and in this passage that we have been looking at. We are living actually in 
a situation where the Beatitudes in many, many occasions, in many situations, are just not being adhered to. And I put down there, we are living, many people are living, a life of contention. A contention. Contention with God and contention with each other. What happens if we don't uh, obey the Beatitudes, if we don't live by the Beatitudes? I've put a few down for you. First of all, our pride builds self-importance and arrogance. In other words, we live for ourselves. We live for what we want, not what God wants, not even for what is best for those around us. And of course, that's one of the things quite interesting that the prime minister and all the various leaders around the nations are saying what we've got to do at this time when this virus is spreading, pandemic is spreading right through the nations, is we've got to think of each other. We've got to care for each other. We've got to care for the seniors. We've got to care for those with disabilities, those with needs, special needs, that at this time, they're not left segregated in their own home wondering what to do. But we care for each other. And that's one of the things about the Beatitudes. It's vital that we love, care for each other. But a life without the Beatitudes is that our pride builds self-importance and arrogance. Our conscience has become hardened and our heart is calloused towards sin. We say everybody does it. Have you heard people say that? I've heard people say that. Well, everybody does it. You know, in fact, uh, Angela's mentioned it a couple of times when our boys were younger, when they were youngsters, of course, now they're adults and they understand and they appreciate. But I can remember both our boys saying, well, everybody in our class does it. Or they do it. They watch it. Or they've got it. You know, there's that sort of attitude of sin when we turn away from the Beatitudes, the teaching of Jesus, when we say, well, everybody else does it, so what's wrong with me doing it too? But it's not true, is it? We have not got to do what other people do. We've not got to follow, as they say, the status quo. But what we have got to do is follow the teachings of Jesus. And that is why we've been looking over these number of weeks at the Beatitudes. Everybody does it, they say. We start to look out for number one. I've heard that too. I'm not bothered about what you do, they say. You can go to church. I'm looking after number one. I'm looking after myself. You know? We start pushing people, others aside. But by God's grace, what a difference we show from the Beatitudes. The desires of our flesh prevail. Again, if it feels good, do it. I've heard that said. Well, if it feels good, if it's good for me, I'm not bothered about my neighbor. I'm not bothered about the guy down the street. If it's good for me, I, I should be okay. But sin leaves us empty and discontented. And that's what life without God is. Empty. People are empty. They seek the most extreme things to fill the gaps in their lives. Whether it's drugs, whether it's alcohol, 
whether it's sexual abuse, whatever, all these different areas are things that people are cramming, pushing into their lives to try to fill themselves up. That void, that emptiness, that vacuum that people have without God has got to be filled with something else. But praise God this morning, we are filled with God. Hallelujah. We are filled to overflowing with the goodness of God. Our love becomes fickle and inconsistent. You know, recently, from time to time, we watch films on TV and different things. There's certain programs I just, we, we will not watch these days. You know, whether you're a fan of EastEnders and, and such, you know, soaps, I'll tell you something. When we, we were literally, now, even if it comes on for 10 seconds, quickly turn it over. The, you know, it, it's the attitudes of people. You know, the violence, the way people are really at each other. And I, I, you know, just absolutely gets, you know, in my guts when I feel not only the things that I see sometimes in some of the soaps, but, you know, the whole attitude of people. And I say, Lord, I don't want that. I don't want that. I don't want a fickleness, an inconsistent life that's just ruled and reigned by the ways of the world. You know, we end up with bitterness and contempt. You meet people all the time, don't you? They're bitter. You talk to them. And they said, oh, I've got nothing to do with church. I went to such and such a church and da-da-da-da. You know, they've got a story, haven't they? They've, they've got some bitterness. Or, you know, whether, whether it's regard to men or towards women or towards the police. They've all, some people have got bitterness in every area or something that just holds them down. Fickle, inconsistent. We end up with a bitterness, a contempt. Our heart becomes motivated by a what's-in-it-for-me attitude. What's in it for me? If I do this, if I do this for you, what's in it for me? You know, it's like the motivation that some have for Christmas. You know, I'll give you something <laughs> if you give me something back. What's in it for me? And hopefully you're going to give me something bigger that I'm going to give you. Or something more expensive. That's the attitude, isn't it? Of the world. The attitude that when you move away from the Beatitudes of God and some of these wonderful characteristics that God gives us in the Beatitudes, that's what ends up with as we start doing the things that are so opposite to what Jesus actually wants. But I put down here. But hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. A life built on the Beatitudes brings a life of peace. We're going to be looking at peacemakers today. But a life of peace. What a difference the Beatitudes makes in our life. I've put some down here for each of the ones we've already looked at. Being our, our life becomes built upon a foundation of dying to self. And with humility, you think of others before yourself. That's what we call blessed are the poor in spirit. Amen. Not me, not myself, but we're poor in spirit. A heart aligned with God, uh, uh, you know, uh, and with God's own heart. Aligned with God's heart and grieves over sin. 
This is blessed are those who mourn a grief. When you will yield to God with submitted strength. Blessed are the meek. Amen. We talked about the horses, the stallions that are submitted to their owner, to that movement of the ankle that suddenly the horse will go or, or the turning of the mane. Suddenly they turn this way or that way. And yet they've got strength. But they've been meeked. They've been put into a situation where now they're living for their master. Wow, what a difference. When the dynamic power of the Holy Spirit produces a godly lifestyle. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Amen. We have a dynamic lifestyle. A change. We are changed. Amen. Already this morning. Amen. We are new creatures. The old is gone. The new has come. Amen. We are born again. We are changed. We're living by a new set of standards. A new attitude. New actions. Because God has changed our lives. Hallelujah. When faithful love is the motive of your heart, finding expression in every word and deed. Summed up in blessed are the meek. Hallelujah. When you have a genuine lifestyle with no room for compromise and it is authentic and cleansed from sin, blessed are the pure in heart. All these are summing up some of the wonderful characteristics that God is wanting us to adopt, to live by as we live this new life in Christ. Quite important to understand right from the beginning as we look at peacemakers, people that are making peace, that Jesus speaks about peacemakers, sons of God. Apart from Jesus, there is no peace because he is the prince of peace. You know, I, I commend the leaders, those uh, in the world, the leaders of nations that are trying to bring peace. In Israel, with the Palestinians, with Syria, with so many other horrific things that are happening in our world. You know, and it doesn't, you know, it, it breaks your heart when you see some of the stuff that's taking place in our world today. I don't know about you, but I think I mentioned it a couple of weeks ago. You know, very often when I'm watching the news, there's tears in my eyes when I see children that have nothing really to do with the bloodshed or nothing to do with the arguments of one group against another and yet children are being maimed, killed, being bombed, being covered with concrete, concrete houses where they're just sitting, laying in their bed or whatever and suddenly bang, the bomb comes, smash and the children are underneath. Praise God for those that are trying to bring peace. But may I say that apart from Jesus, there's going to be no peace. No real peace. Yes, there'll be glimpses of peace. Yes, there'll be good stuff. People do live good lives. Some people live good lives. And they do try to help others. But I'll tell you something. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. 
Jesus is the one who shows us what peace is all about through his lifestyle, through his death, and through his teaching, Jesus has proven to us he is the Prince of Peace. In Colossians chapter 1, verse 20, up there on the screen, all, and this is from the Message Bible, I love some of the ways the Message Bible puts it, but it says it here in Colossians 1, 20, Message Bible says, all the broken and dislocated pieces of the universe, people and things, animals and atoms, get properly fixed and fit together in vibrant harmonies, all because of his death, his blood that poured down from the cross. All the disharmony, all the issues, all the problems in the world, if people would only but turn to Jesus and his teaching and the lifestyle that he advocates, what a different world it would be. Amen? And that's why when we do our teaching on the end times, we talk about the millennium, the thousand-year reign of Christ. I tell you something, that thousand-year reign of Christ will absolutely be mind-boggling when Jesus rules, when Jesus reigns from Jerusalem, and all the world will see what real justice is like, what real peace is like what real mercy is like. So Jesus, he is the true peacemaker. So number one, two things I want to quickly look at this morning. Number one, peacemakers are called to right action. It's one thing hearing it, and it's another thing doing it. Amen? I put there on my screen, notice that Jesus did not say these three things. Blessed are the peace thinkers. He didn't say, blessed are the peace thinkers. We can think about peace. We can have peace in our minds, and we can think, oh, wouldn't it be nice to have peace? We can think about it. And some of people, <laughs> some of us maybe, you know, we think about how nice it would be. We fill our minds with all the lovely stuff, and sometimes you watch some of the films on TV, and there's some great films and some great stuff to watch, and encouraging stuff too. But you know, you can just sit there, and you can imagine, but not do nothing about it. You can imagine, you can think about it, you can think about peace, and what could be, but God is not looking for just thinkers, peace thinkers. Jesus did not say, blessed are the peace lovers. I love peace. I love it when we are in harmony with one another. Amen? I don't know about you, but I'm one of those people that love it when people love me and I can love them. Amen? You know, and uh, you know, going through this period where you're not, you know, you're not supposed to touch hands or hug people. My wife said to me, remember, John, you're a hugger. You're the one that loves to, you know, hug and, you know, this is a time where we've got to be careful, we've got to be wise, we've got to be sensitive to what the government say, you know, but I love harmony, I love, you know, I'm a touchy person, I guess, in one sense, you know, I love a hug, you know, but the thing is, very often, yeah, we are peace lovers, but are we activating, are we actually peacemakers, 
we can be peace lovers but that is not what Jesus is asking for or Jesus did not say blessed are the peace talkers I don't, I'm sure you've met people that do a lot of talking the, 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 you know and you, you see it on TV don't you you know politicians are the worst culprits they do a lot of talking you know and they never seem to answer the right questions do they you know the commentator or the newscaster asks them a question and they say anything and everything but actually answering the question that they're asked <laughs> you listen to them and think you just do it sometime and listen to them and people can talk we can talk about peace we can speak about peace we can even write books about peace but are we peacemakers do we actually make a difference and change people's lives change people's hearts the way Jesus told us to do so it's not peace thinkers it's not peace lovers it's not peace talkers but Jesus said blessed are the peacemakers peacemakers making peace in an active process you have to take the initiative and bring peace where peace has been broken where there is brokenness, Jesus wants us to bring peace. Where there's heartache, disharmony, and to be honest with you, a life without God is disharmony because you're not harmonized with God the maker. And uh, while we've been doing the Christian Life and Witness uh, groups, and also, of course, I shared it you know, a few weeks ago, the whole position of us being broken from the presence of God sin creates a gap one day in the Garden of Eden man and God were in harmony they were together God visited was there amongst Adam and Eve and he spent time in harmony with them on a daily basis I would have guessed but then when sin came suddenly there was a gulf there was a gap between God and man. There was disharmony. But praise God, God didn't leave it that way. But Jesus came to bridge the gap. Hallelujah. He stood in the gap. And now through Jesus, there is harmony. There is peace. Hallelujah. We are this morning born-again Christians, as people who love God, who are peacemakers, we are here to bring God and mankind back together. We are peacemakers. Amen. In 2 Tim Timothy chapter 2, verse 22, that's easy to remember, isn't it? 2 Timothy 2, 22. Remember that? It says, pursue, pursue righteousness faith love and peace along with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart pursue pursue peace pursue righteousness pursue faith we are to pursue in other words where to go after it have you ever pursued someone run after someone someone's got something that you want 
and you've gone after them, I tell you, it takes energy. <laughs> it takes discipline to run after someone without giving up. You know, it's one thing when something's pursuing you. I don't know. Sometimes I, on the TV, I put these nature programs on. And, you know, animals, bless them, they're not always the nicest, uh, you know, uh, example, are they? A lion chasing after a, a reindeer or a, a lion chasing after a deer, you know, in the jungle. <laughs> I tell you, when the lion's going after the, the deer, probably is hungry and wants something to eat. But I'll tell you something, the deer runs a lot quicker than the lion. <laughs> <laughs> but we ought to pursue in other words we want to go for it with every ounce of energy pursue love faith peace with every energy every ounce of energy that we have we need to pursue the Lord you and I are commanded to pursue peace we ought to take action we are to chase after it with every energy, ounce of energy we have. Let's stay in such hot pursuit of peace that we never let it get away from us. Amen. And the main source of peace is bringing people to that unity, that love of God, that experience and relationship that Jesus brings. Peacemakers take the right action. They pursue peace. They reach peace and they reach people by linking them up with Jesus Christ, the answer to the world. Number two, peacemakers have the right attitude. An attitude that doesn't just do it once, but is a lifestyle. We need attitudes that are out there touching people's lives. And maybe this period that we're going through over the next, I don't know, weeks, months, I don't know how long this uh, uh, you know, this virus is going to be amongst us. Pandemic, Pandemic yeah, around uh, the nations and the world. This horrific thing that's happening. It could well be an opportunity for Christians to make a difference. In prayer, in love, in relationship, in encouraging, in inspiration, showing them that we have a hope. Amen? We have a hope. We're not people that panic, but we're a people that have a hope and a security in God that's far greater than any of the issues that the world is facing at this moment. We have the right attitude. Proverbs 26.20 says, When you run out of wood, the fire goes out. When the gossip ends, the quarrel dies down. I like that. Amen. An attitude of peace. In other words, are you pouring petrol on the fire? <laughs> if there's an issue, if there's contention, if there's an argument, what do you do? You say, oh yeah, I agree with you. Oh, I'd get that. Oh, I'd do my, oh, I would. I'd, you know, give them what they're due. You know, don't let them get away with that. What do you do? Do you pour petrol? Do you pour, put wood on the fire? Or do you put water on it? Or do you calm it down by using the right words, the words of comfort, the words of calm? How are we going to respond when contention and disagreement surface? Will we add fuel to the fire? 
I'm, I love some of the Disney films. And I remember the words of Thumper's parents. Can you remember Thumper in Bambi? How many of you have watched Bambi? Three, four. Oh my, you ought to watch some Disney films. They're lovely. They're a lot better than EastEnders. <laughs> well, I tell you, some of the Disney films, some are quite interesting, you know, things behind them. But Thumper's parents had it right. Thumper was a little, you know, rabbit and often put his foot in it. So that's why he's called Thumper and he's banged his foot. But mum would turn to Thumper when Thumper was saying things he shouldn't be saying. Thumper's parents had it right. They said, if you can't say something nice, don't say nothing at all. That's the wording that they use. You know, it's not necessarily grammatically correct. But it, basically it is, if you can't say something nice to someone, if you can't encourage them, if you can't say something that's going to uplift them, keep your mouth shut. <laughs> don't say nothing at all. Don't say anything. If you can't say something positive, something encouraging, something uplifting, amen? Let's use our lips, our words to encourage. Don't pour petrol, wood on the fire, but let us bring love, harmony. Proverbs 15, 18 says, hot tempers start fights, but a calm, cool spirit keeps the peace. Good. Amen. I put there, are you known as a hothead? <laughs> you blow off the, you know, you're boiling, you know, your lid flies off. Are you a hothead? Does your anger get out of control? It's important that we have our anger under control. Control, because it says in the word, Ephesians 4.26, do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. In other words, don't let it prevail. Don't let it go on and on and on. Get it sorted. A-S-A-P, as soon as possible. Get that disarmony. Get that issue sorted out. May I encourage you, brothers and sisters, don't prolong bitterness. Don't hold bitterness. Don't hold disagreements in your heart. And I, again, I'm sure you've met people, I've met people that have absolutely held on to something that's hurt them in the past. And I tell you what, it doesn't necessarily hurt the person that you've got the thing against. It hurts you. It hurts you. It hurts your attitude. It's your outlook to life becomes different when you are bitter. And you see it in people's faces. I've met people with bitterness that's just absolutely gripped them. And you can see it in the faces. You can see it in their attitude, the way they walk, the way they talk. Bitterness. Praise God. Well, less situations make you better and not bitter. Amen? Let's be better and not bitter by God's grace. Amen. So Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. And of course, you know sons of God means daughters of God as well. So ladies, sisters, this is not holding things from you. 
You are peacemakers as well. Am I right? Yes. Amen. The ladies are peacemakers too. So whether you're sons or daughters, we will be called sons, daughters of God. Amen. You know, being a child of God is not a matter of head knowledge, but the heart's relationship. It's not head knowledge. You can have it up there. But down here, there's been no change. A real Christian is someone who's not just changed their mind or filled their mind. There is someone who has a change of heart. Peacemakers have a heart for peace, have a heart for harmonizing together situations, people, people with God. It's not a matter of how much we know, but who we know. Amen? Sometimes we say that in business. It's not what you know, it's who you know. <laughs> well, it's good as well in Christian circles. It's not how much you know, but it's who you know. It's Jesus when we know him and how we live in response to what we know. What is our response to Jesus? Our relationship is so, so vital, not only when you first become a Christian, but for many of us here that have been Christians for many years, our relationship is so vital, isn't it? Getting to know God better and better and better as the days go by. Jesus emphasized this exact same point in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5. Let me read it, two, just a few verses. You have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be sons of the Father in heaven. He causes his son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. In other words, love people that are good to you as much as the people who love you. Love them. Care for them in your action and in your attitude. Living as a peacemaker is not easy, but we don't have to do it alone. Jesus has given us his spirit, the spirit of peace, to live within us by the power of God. We can live as peacemakers. Amen. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Let us bring peace. Let us bring harmony. Let us bring people to Jesus because when people come to Jesus, change takes place. Let us bring people to Jesus. So in closing, one verse. Colossians 3 verse 15. It says, Let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. Amen. Let's all say it together, shall we? Colossians 3.15, 1, 2, 3. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. So let peace reign in us. Let us share it. And let us bring harmony by bringing people to Jesus, who is the Prince of Amen.
Let's close our eyes. Let's pray. Lord, we see so much disharmony. We see so much heartache. We see so much bloodshed on the TV. But sometimes, Lord, we can get frustrated in ourselves and wonder where it is all going to lead. But we thank you, Lord, this morning that you have called us to be peacemakers. But we will be called the sons of God, the daughters of God, when we bring peace, whether it be, Lord, in our family situation, whether it be in our marital relationship, Lord, to bring peace and harmony, whether it be, Lord, in our family with our children. Lord, we're heartbroken when we see children uh, adverse to the parents and vice versa, parents uh, being, Lord, uh, aggravated by children. Lord, we're wanting harmony. We're wanting peace. When we see it in our own towns, in our cities, when we see it in our country, when we see it in our world, we recognize, Lord, that there needs to be peacemakers. And you called us to be just that. And so this morning, in obedience to the Beatitudes, in obedience to your word. We lift up our hands and we say, Lord, make me a peacemaker. Make me a child of God that makes a difference in the world where we live. Thank you for your precious word this morning and help us to not only see it, believe in it, but actually put it into practice every day of our lives. For we ask it in Jesus' name. And the church said, Amen. Amen. Well, I'm looking at a lot of peacemakers. Amen. 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 Be a peacemaker. Make the love of God. Amen. Out there where the people are. God bless you. Thank you.